Yeah. You know, Dan, it's interesting you said you bring up the domestic violence suspensions because that's exactly where I was headed. And I haven't heard, I haven't seen one person say, let's just make domestic violence suspensions longer. All I'm seeing is Calvin Ridley's is too long. To me, I don't think the NFL has much integrity anyways. All right, welcome to the 51st episode of Clubhouse Combos. It's your host, Colin Scully, as usual. Not joined by my good friend, Evan Mullings, today, whom I normally introduce second. Uh, joined by my other two good friends, Connor Newman and Dan Hayes. How are you two guys doing today? Pretty good. Evan could be, Evan could be late. He could be just fooling me, you know. <laughs> very, very true. Uh, I think I assumed Evan's role today. I said seven were just getting underway at 7.15, so I'll be the uh, the late scapegoat of the day. Uh, moving into some sports news, obviously it's been a, a kind of crazy 24 hours for at least the NFL, um, kind of shifting our focus away from gridiron. We'll be dropping our first-round mock draft for the simulation uh, when this podcast drops. That'll be the gridiron episode of this week, and then I think we'll probably just – keep on clubhouse and then when the draft comes comes to fruition it comes time for the draft we'll do i'm sure some stuff with that on gridiron but for now we'll have a little football on clubhouse so um in terms of football the biggest thing to happen today and within the last 24 hours is obviously the russell wilson trade going to denver uh correct me if i'm wrong it's wilson and a fourth two firsts two seconds uh shelby harris noah fant and drew lock going back to seattle um, I know Dan, you said you'd give it an A plus plus. Tell me why. Um, I think when you just look at Denver's roster, um, it, it's, it's one of those teams that's just a quarterback away and you get a guy that I think still has a lot of years to play. Um, honestly, the compensation, I, I had this debate with Frank. I, I think it's fine. A lot of people think that Seattle kind of fleeced the Broncos. I don't think you could ever fleece a team when you're giving up a franchise quarterback. Um, so to give up a, two first round picks, two second round picks for Denver, I think that's whatever. They already have a lot of star players. They have a lot of cap space coming into this year. Um, and like I said, you get the franchise quarterback that you've been needing ever since Peyton Manning retired. So I, I think this is a slam dunk trade for Denver. And I think the only pushback against it is the other quarterbacks in the division, which when you're evaluating the trade, it doesn't matter. You're just trying to better your roster. So I absolutely love this trade for Denver. And I think it's a perfect fit as well. Newman, your thoughts? No, I agree. I think, I think Denver has been a quarterback away for a couple of seasons. Now I feel like we have that discussion every year. That defense is so good. They've got the young, the young receivers. Javante Williams is a beast out of the backfield. And now you add Russell Wilson. He's kind of the last piece of that puzzle. And I think for the Seahawks, I mean, we talked this past season, it's going to be kind of a retooling, kind of session for the Seahawks and they bring back a lot of assets, which is really helps accelerate that process. You get the number nine pick. We'll see if they use it on a quarterback or if they roll with Drew Locke or someone else. Um, 
but those, there's a lot of assets that Seattle brings back that I think um, is worth the trade. I think like Noah Fant is a kind of an underrated piece of this deal. I think he's a really good young tight end. I think he has a lot more room to improve. Um, not great with drops, but like very athletic, very big, very fast at the tight end position. I think that was a nice get for Seattle. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I mean, when you think about our sim, right? Rogers was two firsts, two seconds, Carr and Renfro. Watson was two firsts, two seconds, and Dillard. There's only one second. Actually. Only one second. Yeah. And then you take the risk of Watson's legal issues. Yeah. And that plays a role, obviously, in what you get back. But I don't think it's like it's super unrealistic for, for Denver to give that up. I don't think they overpaid at all. Um, like Dan said, Russell Wilson is not done playing. And that, uh, that division is going to be some fun fucking football to watch. Newman, I feel badly for you. <laughs> um, but also, I feel bad for the rest of the AFC. Like, if you don't have a bona fide star quarterback with a good roster, you're not winning a championship in the next five, ten years with what the quarterback situation looks like with Herbert, Mahomes, Wilson now, uh, Burrow, um, Trevor Lawrence, if he turns out to be what he's supposed to be. Deshaun Watson, if he comes back and plays, like there's a Josh lot of Allen. good quarterbacks. Josh Allen, thank you. Uh, even Zach Wilson, second overall pick just a year ago, and he showed flashes towards the end of the year. So some great quarterbacks in the AFC. On the NFC side of things, we saw Calvin Ridley get suspended for a full season yesterday. And I have some opinions on this, but I'd like to hear your thoughts first. Um, so from what I've gathered, gathered, it was a three-team, a five-team, and an eight-team parlay. Uh, it was placed in Miami from his phone. There's no evidence of any insider knowledge of how the game was going to go. He bet on the Falcons to win. Uh, and it was only 1500 bucks. Uh, to me, I think it's fucking an insane amount of time to be suspended for, for, for something like this. And I'll get into it a little later why I think that, but I, I want to hear your thoughts first, Dan. Well, listen, this is a whole integrity thing. And this is, it's a harsh slap because we can't have players just openly betting on games. Um, and like, obviously there's players that do the workarounds, just have their cousins place bets or whatever. Like it's happening. Um, but where we can actually trace back a player on his own personal account betting, the league can't have that. And like I said, it's just a whole integrity problem. Um, and I've seen the arguments like, Oh, this is too much of a penalty. Um, in like the compared to domestic violence uh, suspensions. And I think the argument shouldn't be this suspension's too long. I think it should just be domestic violence suspensions aren't long enough. Um, I, I think the whole year is fine. I think it's warranted. Like I said, the integrity of your, your league is nothing without integrity. Um, but I think these domestic violence suspensions, we, it's been conversation for years. They just need to be longer. So, um, but in terms of just Calvin Ridley, um, <laughs> terrible bet if you if you ask me even if you hit on those you you lose out on 11 million um in the sim i feel lucky to get a second round pick from the jets form um but i don't know just it seems like a waste of talent these two years for calvin ridley yeah you know dan it's interesting you said you bring up the domestic violence suspensions because that's exactly where i was headed and i haven't heard i haven't seen one person say let's just make domestic violence suspensions longer all I'm seeing is Calvin Ridley's is too long. 
to me, I don't think the NFL has much integrity anyways. I mean, you let these guys beat their wives, beat their kids, offer coaches incentives to lose. I mean, where's the penalty for Steven Ross? Where's that? Well, he's, he, he, if they find out that that's true, it, there's already room. He's getting kicked out. He, he's being forced out by all. And he very well should be. But I, I understand the integrity aspect, but I just don't think the NFL is that much of an integrity-oriented league at this point with what they've allowed to go on you know kids grow up watching like ray rice is a perfect example of our generation we grew up and we're like ray rice is fucking sick and then he beats the piss out of his wife in an elevator he gets two games comes back and we're still like ray rice is fucking sick like that should not happen that that's a bad image and to me that takes away the integrity of the league like you do something like that as a normal human, like with a nine to five job, you're probably going to jail for an extended amount of time. And Ray Rice gets a slap on the wrist, two games, probably didn't even cost him 200 grand in paychecks for two games. Like, I just think the league needs to do a better job as a whole at managing. If you really care about integrity, start giving these guys one year, two year suspensions for things like that. Because that's just the wrong thing to put out to, to young fans and to the world as a whole, I think. Newman, any thoughts? No, you guys you guys are 100% right. I mean, imagine like some random guy just beats his wife and you get to spend two weeks in jail and then you're, you're out. Like, it's kind of ridiculous. It kind of puts into perspective how fucked the NFL's, you know, conduct policy is. I mean... I agree that the Ridley suspension, like it, like they need to crack down on those things. We can't have that. You see Pete Rose and the MLB, uh, it's a similar situation, but I mean, I don't know. It's just, it just shows how fucked the system is where he's getting a full season and these guys are getting two games, four games for shit. That's arguably way worse. Way worse. Sorry. Dan and I are both fucking munching away here. Um, moving on. Um, is there any NFL news that I'm spacing on? Those were the two big – oh, Rodgers. There was so much news today, dude. So many franchise tags. Yeah, Rogers. Newman, you want to run through the tags real quick while Dan and I stop fucking chewing? Yeah, I'm trying to think. So, Dalton Schultz got tagged. Cam Robinson got the tag from the Jaguars. Um, the Joku Godwin. got tagged. Godwin. Um, JC Jackson did not get the tag. Neither did Robinson, <laughs> Allen Robinson. Um I think uh, Mike Williams got an extension. That was sick. Um, Obviously, know. previously, Orlando Brown, David Njoku, yeah. um, those yeah. guys got the tag as well. Jesse um, I, yeah. Jesse oh, nice. It's choked on water. <laughs> nice. Um, I, I guess what the franchise tag quickly, I just want to hit. I was actually surprised the Bucks tagged Godwin. Um, that's going to be a hefty penny doing it for a second time. Um, and it's not like they're in the best place to just be franchise tagging a receiver for that much. Like they have a lot of free agents. Um, they don't have all the money in the world. Obviously in today's NFL, you could just restructure contracts, but I was really surprised to not at least see him hit the open market um, with Tampa Bay, having all these free agents ending. And obviously a lot of them are older. So maybe they're just looking to move on and kind of accepting that this team, this core that they have is done, but. I was just a little surprised by that. I have a question. So I don't even really know 
excuse me, how a franchise tag works. I understand the concept, but say Chris Godwin signs an extension. Does he play this year on the tag and then the extension kicks in? No. Okay. So for Tampa, it's not the craziest thing, right? If they plan on re-signing him, that tag goes away. You can't use it on another player, obviously, because it's past the deadline. But it allows you to retain him and the exclusive rights. I guess, like, obviously you can keep working towards um, a long-term deal, and this really comes down to how close are they and how confident they feel they can get a deal done. Um but if they're far apart, I, I just find it very weird. Um, obviously, if they're close, it's totally different. But from what it seems, it's been two years now, and they haven't even come to an agreement. So yeah. it just feels as though they're far apart. Well, I got to imagine from Godwin's point of view, like he's had two unbelievable seasons. He's worth a, a definitely a pretty penny. But with the ACL, I bet Tampa's just looking for all the leverage they can get. I think he's yeah, fine. That's true. I just don't think they're close on a deal based on what's been going on. Who else would have tagged? Carlton Davis. Davis, yeah. Yeah. He's going to be worth a lot. I'm shocked the Jaguars tagged Robinson for a second time. He had like a 75 PFF rating this year. He was not great. I thought they would ship him off, save the money, draft. I mean, it doesn't mean they won't draft Evan Neal, but. Yeah, I mean, it – Cam Robinson's kind of in this weird tier of he's a decent tackle, but is he really worth that money? And that's maybe where the franchise tag comes in. Like, all right, one year, another type prove it deal. Can you do it again? Um, Cause like, if let's say you lose out on him and like drafting a rookie is never a guarantee. Usually like, then you're really, kind of, yeah, it's kind of like the QB limbo. Like uh, do I get rid of Kirk cousins and then just get screwed with like, um, a Tyler Huntley or Colt McCoy as my quarterback, or do I just keep him because it could get way worse? So that's kind yeah, of, I also, I also feel, excuse me, still recovering from that fucking choking incident on the water. Um, a, a team like Jacksonville with such little talent and proven NFL like players, you, it's almost justifiable to just spend a little extra money to keep a guy around who, you know, is going to be like somewhat dependable and pretty consistent all year, barring any injuries. Um, But, yeah. Uh, And then the Rodgers would be the last piece of news. Um, Kind of breaking news today. There have been conflicting reports whether or not he is getting four years for $200 Um, But regardless, he's come out and said that he's coming back. Um, Contract is not signed just yet, but it's going to be official. He will remain with the Packers for the foreseeable future. does this have anything to do with Russell Wilson going to Denver? Do you guys think? Uh, the reports are no. Um, it seems as though this whole Wilson thing was done two weeks ago, or at least started two weeks ago. Rogers, we didn't even know what the deal was with him. He hadn't said anything. Um, so I don't think so. I think Rogers, I, I think when you look at it, just, I think Green Bay, he's been there for his whole career and is upset the media may get at him and push the narratives that he wants to leave. I don't know if he actually wants to leave. Um, Devontae's there. Obviously, all the receivers are there. He's had some good relationships with all the players there. Um, And I think the narrative that the media pushes is completely different than the reality in that Green Bay uh, locker room with Rodgers. It seems like whenever these guys go on social media, they're always like – with like 
they're very close and they get along really well. So I, I don't think you like, obviously you're pissed after the season that they had how, it, or at least how it ended. Um, but I don't think he was really going to leave. Yeah. That makes sense. Newman, anything to add or should we move to power rankings? No, we can move on. I feel like he, he really was never going to leave in my opinion. I feel like, I do feel like he had to be the first domino to fall into place for the other quarterbacks to kind of get moving, but I mean, it does seem like the Russell Wilson thing was happening uh, for a little bit now anyway. Kind of surprising how well they kept it under the radar two weeks and nobody really saw anything coming. Um, Just last pod, I said Pete Carroll had come out and said, we're not trading him. So, And I made the uh, Josh Rosen is our quarterback example. (laughs) Yeah, perfect reference, really. Um, Yeah, so some big news in the NFL – Uh, But let's move on to the NBA and NHL, our power rankings. Then we'll uh, do lineup card and then skedaddle out of here. No power rankings from Evan. Didn't even send him in. What a bum. (laughs) Knew he wasn't (laughs) going to be on the pod. What a Um, bum. All right. So starting with the NBA here, uh, Phoenix Suns still number one, followed by Memphis Grizzlies at two, Miami Heat three, uh, Philadelphia 76ers at four, Golden State Warriors five, Boston Celtics six, Utah Jazz seven, Dallas Mavericks eight, Milwaukee Bucks nine, and the Denver Nuggets at 10. Um, The Bulls fall out of the top 10. Connor um, giving them a nine vote in his rankings. Nothing much, really, I guess. It's, it's pretty similar stuff. Uh, I think we kind of know who at this point. It, it's basically the top teams in the, the West and then just kind of whoever you feel better about in the East. And that's really all it is. Yeah, I'd agree with you. Um, at this point, it just seems like jockeying these guys for position almost, uh, similar to what they're doing in the standings right now. Um I guess a couple quick notes. Obviously, Dan noted the Bulls out of the top 10. Celtics have jumped back in for all of us. I believe they were absent the last two weeks, um, but huge showing last week. They beat Memphis, they beat Brooklyn, and another playoff team who I can't remember. Um, but those were uh, – was it Philly? No. Uh, anyways, three big wins for Boston last week. Um and for me, Milwaukee has entered my top 10. Um, just kind of felt like looking at the standings, they are climbing. Uh, you know what they have there. Um, and, and it felt like I couldn't leave them out any longer with where they sit and what their record is. But that's all I really have. Oh, I'm interested in why you guys have Grizzlies 2 or Grizzlies 3. What do I have is too? Oh, the Heat. The Heat are just a really good team and so sound defensively. They have so many different ways to score. I'm actually pumped. I'm going to the uh, the Celtics Heat game at the end of the month. It was only like That's thirty awesome. bucks. Thirty bucks for a ticket, so I, I grabbed one. But they just. I feel like it's all around. They're a really complete team. And I know the Grizzlies are on a good streak right now, but I feel like the Heat could really compete with any team on our board. So I'm gonna keep them too for now. Um, for me, uh, obviously last week I said, I got Sixers at two. Um, I think when Harden and, and beat are both on the court, the sky's the limit really for this team, a little biased, obviously with me being a Sixers fan, but I really do like the Sixers when they could actually have, uh, those two out there. No. Yeah. They're dangerous. I mean, Harden looks like uh, he's on a different level right now. He, he seems motivated. Like he wants to play, he wants to win. 
And it seems like everyone in that locker room really likes him. I've always wondered that about James Harden and like kind of guys in the NBA similar to him that have moved around, like maybe Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. I know how they're portrayed in the media, Russell Westbrook, but what do the guys feel like in the room, right? Because the media can say one thing, but if everyone on this team loves this guy and wants him to be there, then I don't know. I think it's interesting how, uh, how important friendships have become in this league. It's more who you know and who you want to play with than fucking what you can do at this point. That's why basketball is shit. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> All right. Move to the sure better be, sport. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be more discussion amongst you two with hockey. Um, so coming in at number one still is the Colorado Avalanche, followed by the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. I always screw that up between them and Florida. Carolina Hurricanes at two, Florida Panthers at three, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning four, New York Rangers five, Calgary Flames six, Toronto Maple Leaf seven, Pittsburgh Penguins eight, the Boston Bruins nine, and the St. Louis Blues at 10. The Kings are getting one vote from Colin. Kings belong in the top 10. I'll defend that right now. Um, They are red hot, seven, one, and two in their last 10. They just beat Boston in the Garden last night. Um, tough one to watch because Boston had a lead with 25 seconds to go and lost in overtime. But um, in terms of the Kings, they're they're in second place. They have not dropped off since they jumped into second place when we talked about them being in second place a few weeks back. And they're just solid. Like, they, they get scoring from all four lines. The goaltending's heating up. Peterson looked really good last night. Quick still has flashes where he's like, oh, that's Jonathan Quick. Uh, I think they could win a playoff series in the West. I don't think the West is very strong. I'm not encouraged by the Blues, and I'm not encouraged by Minnesota. We'll talk about them a little later. They're on the lineup card. Uh, but I've not been impressed with what they've done. And then Boston Bruins, for me, have to be top 10 with the way they played. That was a great West Coast trip for them. And all of a sudden they're getting so much depth scoring that the offensive line or the top line really isn't producing as much. Um, Charlie Coyle, Craig Smith, and Trent Frederick look like Marshan Pasternak and Bergeron right now. The way they're clicking, it's crazy. Charlie Coyle is on a different level. Um, I think the Bruins are a scary team. Uh, we'll talk about them a little bit later. They're also on the lineup card. So that's all I had. Yeah, I think for me, the Kings would – slide in at number 11 they'd be just out they are hot um they do have three games in hand on pretty much everyone in that conference so i'm a little concerned that they're going to fall behind in points but the way they're playing like they have a good shot to compete for that first spot with the flames um i'm a little worried about the maple leafs i think we've been worried about that goaltending that's a fucking disaster right now but I believe there are also a lineup card questions, so I'll save that. And I finally flipped Tampa up to three. I've been trying to be honest about them, but, I mean, they are eight and two in their last ten, and Florida has been scuffling. Bobrovsky has been playing like shit Bobrovsky that I know and love. Um, so I made that flip, even though the Panthers were my number one just a few weeks ago. But I do love yeah. – I'm pretty fine with this list. I mean, the yeah, Bruins me are hot. I do like the Blues for now. I think Bennington's trying to figure it out, and he's playing better, so I think they'll be okay. But this is a good list. It is a good list. I think Colorado and uh, Carolina are pretty much locked in at one and two, although I could see Florida and Tampa surpassing maybe Carolina. 
I, I just don't think the Avs slow down at all. Although they keep doing this thing where they get down to shitty teams, like a lot of goals, and then come back. They were down 4-1 to the Islanders a few days ago. They won, and then they played them last night and let them come back from a 4-1 lead. They've lost, they're they're 0-2-1 against Arizona this year. It's like the bottom of the barrel, guys, get Colorado better than the good teams do. Yeah, I, I had um, I had Francois in fantasy last night. He was doing so well, and I checked the score, and it was like 6-4. I was like, what the fuck? They are up 2 nothing right now on the Devils as we oh, speak, okay. so they're doing their job. Uh, I guess a quick note to highlight, Kale McCarr has a 12-game point streak. Uh, I wasn't aware of that until the other day. I went and looked at his statistics, and holy shit, is that kid good. Yeah, Nora's favorite for sure. Like a month and a half ago, yeah, probably a month and a half ago, when the Bruins played the Avs, I was watching the game with Av and I was saying, like, as good as McCarr is, I think Devon Taves is, like, just as important to this team, and I still think he is. But at that point, their numbers were, like, identical in points, and McCarr is, like, 15 ahead of him now. Like, he's on a crazy stretch. Yeah, he's unreal. But anyways, let's get to the lineup card. Obviously, no Evan today, so I did the lineup card. Um, question number one, let me pull it up here. Uh, which draft pick or picks in the sim did you like the most? We'll go Dan, Connor, me. Oh, boy. Um there's definitely a lot of expected picks, um, some surprises towards the end of the draft, um, or at least the first round. Oh, the one I like the most. Mm, or picks. You don't have to pick just one. Yeah, so definitely my Eagles trading up for N'Kobe Dean. I thought that was very necessary. Um, I honestly had no clue what Houston was going to do. turns out they were eyeing Nicobe Dean. Uh, Los Angeles, obviously, at 17 is in play to take Nicobe Dean. So the whole trade up and take Nicobe Dean, finally get a first-round linebacker in Philly. I really like that pick. Um, and really outside of that, um, just off the top of my head, I can't really think. So I'd have to go with the Eagles trading up for Nicobe Dean. Newman? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Um, I liked I liked everything you did with Houston, doubling down on corners, McDuffie, Stingley, and then coming back with Drake London. Um, I liked Kansas City getting Mechie in the late second. I think adding a receiver of his caliber for on a rookie contract is really what they needed. Um, let's see, Kenny Pickett by Evan. I liked in, in New Orleans. See what he can do there. And then I, I guess for me, I liked trading up with Chicago to get. Dotson in the late first, just to pair with Godwin, who unfortunately probably won't be there in real life anytime soon, um, and Darnell Mooney. So I'd, I'd have to go with those three. Why can't I see the picks? Oh, I'm in the wrong round. That's why. Um, uh, if I had to pick one, I really liked what I did in Houston. Um, like you guys said, doubling down London. And then I took Walker in the second round. Um, so I, I like Houston's offense, but honestly, it's probably Green Bay for me. Um, to get Karloftis and then Ajabo, 22 and 28, um, pretty much fix that defensive line that I had to tear apart due to financial uh, issues. And then to add um, add Pickens in the second round, I like that a lot. They need a wide receiver. Um, so I was pretty happy with Green Bay. A pick that you guys made that I liked, uh, let's see. Dan, I did like your N'Kobe Dean pick as much as it infuriated me. Um 
Oh, Evans pick, Jamison Williams to New England at 21. That's a great pick. I'd love that in real life. That would probably be one of my favorite picks. I also like Matt Corral to Detroit. I like that one a lot. I can, uh, you know, he can play behind Goff, sit behind Goff for a year. Um, the only problem is Goff could be difficult to move at some point to get Corral in. Um, well, but Corral's got to like sit that. for at least a year or two. So, yeah. but I really was eyeing Sam Howell with that pick, and then obviously Tampa takes him. Um, I was a little upset, but the, I, I think they're similar where they both have to sit, and the upside is really high. So I was fine with either. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I like that pick. Uh, question number two: Could Drew Locke be successful in Seattle? And to that point, on any team, do you think Drew Locke could develop into a starting quarterback? No. I'm going to say no. no, but I've I mean, playing against him twice a year, I, he's shown flashes. I've seen that he can do it, but he's just the consistency's not there for as many chances as they've given him. So I'm going to say no. I'm going to say maybe. Uh, I think he just needs the right coach and the right offensive coordinator. I think in the right system where he's not relied upon to do too much, if he has a lot of weapons, Seattle does have a, a good amount of weapons. You have Penny, you have Metcalf, Lockett, obviously. You add Fant, who's he's already comfortable with. The offensive line in Seattle definitely needs some work, and Wilson makes them look pretty good for as bad as they are. But I do think the guy didn't go fifth overall for – for no reason, right? Somebody saw something in him. I think it just needs to be unlocked. But I, I thought that was an interesting question. Uh, question number three. Will the Bruins pass the Maple Leafs? Yes or no? I believe they're currently three points behind them. I'm going to say no. Just because, obviously, I don't follow hockey that much. But I feel I was lower on the Bruins coming into the year. And it seems as though Toronto's kind of been steady at where they are in the standings. Um, so I, I just don't think the Bruins will, um, eventually catch him. I'm going to say, I'm going to say yes. Cause I think the Bruins are, they're both, they're trending in different directions. I think the Bruins are going up and the, the, the Leafs are going down. And if that continues for a week or two more, I think they will flip flop in the standings. And as long as Boston can hold out, they should be on top. I, th- I want to say yes, but the way the Bruins end the year, I don't know if you guys have seen this. They play. Tampa on the 8th, Washington on the 10th, St. Louis on the 12th. Then you have an easier one, Senators on the 14th, Penguins on the 16th, Blues again on the 19th, Penguins again on the 21st, Rangers on the 23rd, and that's a back-to-back with Montreal. And then two days later, Florida, Buffalo, and then a back-to-back in that Buffalo game, you go to Toronto to end the year. So there's a lot of playoff teams end the year, which is concerning. You know, if they're two, three, four points ahead of Toronto, it's not going to take many losses for Toronto to jump them again. I do think Boston is going to pass them, but I don't think they finish ahead of them. I just, I just think, think it's. I think with COVID, they're not, yeah, COVID, the way the the season has been kind of squished in these last two months. I think having a tandem like Swayman and Omark, which other teams don't have, is going to be huge for the Bruins. Yeah, the goaltending has been huge. And that's the only reason I think Boston would pass Toronto. I mean, Toronto scores goals at will. So the goaltending, they've been able to skate by with bad goaltending. But um, it, 
you know, two weeks ago, if you asked me that question, I wouldn't say Boston even had a chance. They were so far behind. So you never know. Um, they've really turned around and Toronto has kind of started to slip. So um, speaking of slipping teams, which slumping team do you feel best about in the central division, St. Louis blues or Minnesota wild? I guess mm, shit. I'd have to go with the wild. Um the reason for that is I was pretty confident at the midseason about the Wild. I know they're in a slump right now, obviously, given the question. Um, but I think I have most confidence in them um, going forward. Yeah, I'll agree with you. I think their team just has better depth than the Blues. I'd probably give the edge in goaltending to the Blues, but I feel like you need scoring, you need good defense. I feel like the Wild have the advantage there. So I think they probably will finish the year. I mean, they went on that crazy streak in the middle of the year. I feel like they can find that form again down the stretch. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I do. There's just part of me wants to say St. Louis because I think St. Louis's offensive depth is very underrated. Um, nobody talks about guys like Thomas and Cairo and even Barbashev's having a career year this year for them. So I think the Blues, if I had to give the offense to the offense or pick a better offense, I think I'd go with St. Louis. But I do like Minnesota. I like Minnesota more on the back end. The thing about Minnesota is I don't trust either of those goalies. And I don't know if I trust either Bennington or Huso, but at least one of them has played decently all year. And Minnesota has not had that luxury of having a good goaltender all year. So. I think it'll be interesting. I feel like Minnesota's been in the 60-point range for like three weeks now. They really have not moved. And Colorado is now fucking 20 points ahead of them. They've jumped out in that division that was at, at one point somewhat close. Uh, speaking of Colorado, who I would guess is your answer here, who will win the President's Trophy in the NHL this year, which would be most points, um, if you did not know that, Dan? Uh, actually, I just looked it up right before this question. Um but I would have to go with Colorado. Um, but I would not be surprised if uh, Carolina could catch up. Yeah, I'm going to go with Colorado. I just think they're too fucking good. Play, and they play weaker division opponents than, you know, the, the Atlantic who just beats on each other all year. So I think Colorado's got a free path. Yeah, I think Colorado as well. Although with the way Tampa's playing right now, they could catch them. They're so good. They can get so streaky, especially with Vasilevsky. Flying through the lineup card, already on a question six. Going to be a short podcast. Uh, with LeBron James's public disapproval of the play-in, should he participate in the Lakers games if they were to make it? Um, kind of a half-joking question because I really don't like LeBron Newman. I know you do. Um, but, you know, he came out and said whoever created this idea should be fired. And now the Lakers sit in ninth place, probably have no chance of getting into the top six. So they're looking at, a play-in or missing the playoffs altogether. Um, what I was really getting at here is like, do you think guys like LeBron, obviously you have that kind of clout, but should guys like that be able to speak out against, you know, new league ideas and things of that nature and then reap the benefits of them later? Well, I, the rules are the rules. So if you make the play-in tournament, I think you have to play in them, but they, I think the play-in tournament is kind of weird, not necessary. Um, so I can understand LeBron coming out and being against it. I mean, hell, there's a lot of people against it. Um, but for him to just sit out because he doesn't like the rule, um, I, I don't think that's realistic. Like, the NBA is no, making there's no, these games. There's no possibility of that. Yeah, like, I, like 
if the NBA tells you to play these games, like it is what it is, you could still be upset about it. So, um, but with players, like, I guess, openly being against league rules, uh, I mean, it happens a lot and you kind of just learn to deal with it. I mean, we're, we're kind of seeing the whole shift in baseball being eliminated because players are annoyed by it. Um, but I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of us and players included thought that the the plan was going to be a bubble exclusive thing, you know, with COVID shortening the season. And now we have a full 82 game season. Like, why are we why are we keeping this dumb format when we've had the the one through eight forever and it looks great and plays great? So I don't mind players like LeBron. I mean, players of his caliber speaking out, you know, because other people listen to him. Other players listen. Even the, the fucking owners listen to LeBron. So I feel like. He's using his platform in a good way because I, I do think the plan is is stupid. Yeah. Uh, to me, it's like the NBA is almost trying to grasp like the March Madness aspect of it where, you know, you hope a 10 seed wins the play in and then wins the first round or something crazy like that. But the, it's just so unrealistic. No, not one team from the plan is beating the Suns in a seven game series. So it doesn't it, it's irrelevant. Uh, but that, that's just my my two cents, I suppose. I. I do agree with you, though. He, For as much as LeBron talks, he uses his platform for good a lot of the time, which, to his, his credit, is a good thing. But speaking of the Suns, uh, will they win more or less than 61 games this year? Uh, they have 16 games remaining, and they are currently 51 and 13, which is an absurd record. I'm going to hammer this over. I think they could win more than 61 games, even with 16 games left. Yeah, they just have to go eight and eight. Yeah, I, I think they got this easy. Yeah, I, I was doing a little looking before this. And I, I think I had them winning at least 11 of the last 16. So I, I think they should be fine to get to 61. No problem. I agree. I agree. I'd go over. Did you guys see that? I forget who they, the Knicks. Um, when Cameron Johnson just went crazy in the fourth quarter. Did you guys see that game? Yeah, it was wild. I was watching the fourth quarter, and it's crazy how good Phoenix is without Booker, without Paul. I get the Knicks are not a good team, but they clawed back in that game consistently. I mean, they were going – they are calling plays for Jay Crowder, and, and the ball was going in the, the hoop. So, crazy how deep the Suns are. I think 61 is a lock at this point. Uh, next question, a uh, couple of these last two questions, non-sports related, uh, but give me your top three drinks. can be any sort of drink. Um, I've had this debate before. It gets a little more tricky than you think. Um, but Dan I'm, and Newman, I'm interested to see what you guys have. Um, so coffee's got to be in there. Coffee from Dunks. Uh, water, it's just everyday essential. Yep. Um, and then this three spot is definitely interesting. And it's going to be something I don't have a lot, but it's definitely got to be an Arnold Palmer. Don't have it a lot. Arnold Palmer. But it's very good. So I'd have to go with those three. That's pretty good. See, my list is limited because I don't drink coffee. So I, order I don't drink coffee drink. much either. I got one every day. It's got to be water. Water has to be number one. Like, that's essential. And then probably Capri Sun, any flavor. Those shit are fucking amazing. And then the three spot, I think any drink that's fruit punch flavored would have to fill the three slots. That's the best flavor by far. 
not even close. Gatorade, yeah. Powerade, anything. Yeah, I'm going definitely water one. Anyone who doesn't have water as number one is just lying. Like water has to be the best drink around. You need it. Um, number two. I'll, pro- I'll go with a McDonald's Sprite here. It's got to be from the fountain, but it is unbelievably good for like five minutes. If you suck that bastard down before the ice starts to melt, it is delicious. Uh, and then number three, a little bit of an oddball, must be hungover, but a blue Gatorade. I, I like blue Gatorade normally, but a hungover blue Gatorade. And Dan, I think you can relate to this by the way you're you're looking. No. No, it's just it's just a funny answer. I think a hungover blue Gatorade is delicious, dude, because there's nothing that I want to put in my mouth at all until that sweet blue nectar hits the back of my throat. It is delicious. I love a hungover cool blue Gatorade. Lastly, uh, cool blue. It's Glacier Freeze. It's more no. superior blue. Mm-mm. Cool blue is so good, dude. Especially when you throw it in the freezer for like 45 minutes, it starts to get a little slushy. It's delicious. Uh, Lastly, uh, are you guys watching any good TV shows at the moment that you'd like to share with our clubhouse fans? I don't watch TV. Oh, really? I I just watch like YouTube videos or I listen to podcasts and watch whatever I need for draft analysis I rarely even watch sports besides football. <laughs> like, oh, I should have, I would have just left this question off had I known that. <laughs> I'm a very simple guy. Um, I'd say whenever I'm with uh, Jesse, my girlfriend, um, whatever we watch, it's cr- definitely Criminal Minds. Uh, that's the go to show that I'm always willing to watch. It's a great show. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the best show of all time. To be completely honest, with you. that shit's amazing. So I've rewatched good. it. I whenever I'm bored, I just rewatch it. I've probably seen every episode like five times. Um, I'll be honest, I'm with Dan. I don't really watch a lot of TV. I I am a, a big YouTube guy as well, so I just watch a lot of YouTube and sports. Whatever's on, I'll watch sports. Like I'll, I'll be watching the Lightning in five minutes, and then tomorrow I'll probably watch probably the UNH hockey team. To be honest. Um, <laughs> But I don't know. I'm waiting for like like Stranger Things. Is, I'm waiting for that to come out. So uh, there's a couple of things I'm waiting on Netflix for. But I haven't found a show in like a month. I'm just kind of. I'm looking. a heat. See, I'm totally different from you guys. I would like shows are big for me because it's like a mindless. Like I just relax. Um, I love watching TV. I'd say I just finished rewatching Peaky Blinders because uh, season six is airing now. Comes out in the United States in April um it's a fucking amazing show i'd recommend it to everyone um what else am i watching oh i'm currently watching one tree hill um some friends of mine told me that that is a good show dan i know you make a face i made the same one which is why i pushed off watching it for so long uh it's definitely like a guilty pleasure type show because it's like trashy drama but it's really good actually um so that that's one of mine and then I'm waiting. I'm waiting on the second part of Ozark because I don't want to watch the first part and get left on another cliffhanger. So I'm waiting for the second one. But Ozark is great as well. Yeah, um, I've, I've been waiting to start Ozark. I've, I've heard yeah. it's great. My parents watched it. I I had a friend the other day tell me that Euphoria is unironically good, and I got five minutes in and turned it off. It's fucking terrible. So 
I've heard Euphoria is really good, and I also heard that the first part of Ozark was insane. My parents watched it as well. Um, that ends the lineup card. The only thing we have left is Dan's rant. I don't even Do you know have one. I, I don't even know. I, I I could I could come up with one real with one real quick. It, it won't be long right. though. Um. It? Yeah. So lately, I guess on social media, the big thing, it, obviously the combine just happened and all these guys that think that they know everything and anything about the drafts. Um, and we all know the 42nd timer was just awful, but the one video that just gets me the most is these guys, it's Calvin Austin, the wide receiver in Memphis, and it shows the clock. He stops at four seconds. He ran a four second 40 that that's impossible. You can't run a four second 40. Like, are you stupid? And, like, it's clear and obvious the clock starts uh, wicked late. Uh, wicked. I mean, it's a tenth of a second, but it starts late. He's not running a four-second 40. And this guy ends up running a 4.3 laser, and everyone's still up in arms after the official time comes out. Like, they cheated him. They're cheating him. Like, shut up. You're nobody. You don't know anything. So just a quick rant, just like I see those videos and it's always these guys like they got like the camera looking at the laptop. They got the pen pointing it out. I'm like, dude, just stop. Yeah, I can't stand the, the people that come up on my Twitter feed who act like experts on on something they know nothing about. Oh, and I'm not going to act like I'm the draft expert because I'm far. I'm the furthest thing from that. Um, but like this guy, he had his Chris Olave take. And I don't oh, know what I know his, exactly. What I don't know about. what this guy's grading system is, but he had him at like a D plus or something like that. And like the guy runs, obviously Chris Olave ran like a four three nine forty, and the guy hit made a video. He's like, obviously I was wrong. I'm like, a forty time shouldn't change your opinion on somebody. <laughs> There's way more to being a receiver than straight line speed. Like just these guys. It, everyone and i guess this is part of the rant as well everyone overreacts to the combine in pro days way too much everyone's like malik willis that that throwing session man that's top 10 dudes in a compression shirt and shorts with no defense in front of him and no defensive back how how at all is that going to relate to him playing with let's say carolina and going up against the saints defense let me know and people love to just get all googly eye over it so that's my rant I do love the uh, when they start throwing the deep balls, and I saw a video of Willis. I mean, it would, had to have been 70 yards in the air. He threw it from the 10. It landed in the 30. It was insane. But I do like to see that stuff, um, just like the raw arm talent. But anything else, like combine-related, yeah, the 40s cool. When you get an alert, it's like, oh, 4-2-something. Like, oh, shit, that guy's fast. But, like, really, the combine is meant for NFL personnel and NFL personnel only. Like, it's not, like, something that a normal sports fan just views. Well, like, you can. And, like, they're, like I think some people don't understand, like, the importance of some drills. Like, the, the origin of the 40 time was for people trying to get specialists, like gunners, like, back in the day, trying to see, like, because the average punt is 40 yards. How fast can these guys be as my gunner? That's what the 40-yard was. But, like, we all – I didn't like even get, know that. Yeah, we like to just get Google AI over fast players, Al Davis, and that's why the 40 is so huge. Like John Ross running 4-2-2, and he's a bum now. Like the 40 doesn't relate at all to success. So, and like Kyle Hamilton, he's going to be one of the top prospects. He ran a 4-5-9, and everyone's like up in arms, like, I didn't expect this. It's a 40 time. Who gives a shit? 
Yeah. How many times in football are you running 40 yards straight with nothing in front of you and worrying about nothing? It's just not realistic. <laughs> a good I get hated about this stuff. Um, I had nothing else to add. A pretty short one. There's not a whole lot going on right now. Kind of just waiting on playoffs. So, yeah. Getting the big board together for scouting. The big board. Got the, the top five board. solidified, pretty sure. Yeah, I'll admit, once we got to the second round, I, I was I was flying blind. Viewers or listeners will just have to figure out what we're talking about when we uh, – or they won't know about the they second and know. third rounds. So no. You'll just have maybe, to listen for the first round. Maybe we yeah. can make a post or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah, like highlight picks or something. Yeah. All, All right, right, fellas. Good pod. Nice. Peace out. Peace. Put your tears away Ain't no fear today You can drive off towards that summertime sunset It's what you ain't done yet Take the keys, leave the regrets Write your letters, place your bets I'll be the one who accepts